0: Pictures there, they are actually free videos. I update them every week and they'll appear differently depending on whether you're on an old school computer or on a mobile device. If you're on a mobile device or an old school computer, just click on the blue charms to say mobile movie and the movies will start playing for you that way. If you want to get more free movies, then I suggest you use your old school computer like a laptop or you know a desktop. And um, just be sure to enable the Adobe plugins. It's free to do that when you go to the pages and automatically the videos will start playing for you that way. You can check out me and my friends, get a subscription, make a donation, or just check out the free stuff. All of the above are very much appreciated. Thank you. Um, you can also check out the Naked Truth pages and the Living Water Chapel pages there on my site, and you'll get an idea of what we do here. And that is explore the other side of me, and that I actually believe exists in all of us—the spiritual side. Um, me, I actually personally identify as self-identify as a Christian, so I believe that that means you let Jesus Christ have the last word on any given subject particularly if he took the time to cover that subject while he was here before he shed his blood and gave his life for us um of course this shows you this is just for believers um or curious if you're about if you're curious about believing uh so anyway christianity is named after christ so that's why i give him the last word and it's actually very very different many times than what churches will tell you an example um just to pick up where we left off at in the book of luke uh, that's what we're going to read today uh, chapter 14 this is the passage that stood out to me but when you give a feast invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you should be repaid at the resurrection of the just so Jesus here is giving us an example of how it is we should conduct ourselves with each other as far as not just charity but even celebrating and holidays and things it sort of points to the fact that you shouldn't just surround yourself um, with just family, just people you know, just loved ones, you should reach out to strangers, to the marginalized, and make sure your charity goes to people who are anonymous to you. Um, because they cannot necessarily repay you, particularly the marginalized, um, but you will be repaid at the resurrection is what Jesus is saying here. And I say it's different because in America, at least in America, uh the exact opposite is what is exalted because um, Jesus goes on in this in this chapter to, um, to talk about uh, in that passage in that chapter about um, exalting yourself instead of being humble and um, where, how your charity is distributed rather than um, and, and it's different than how people think of it today um, where at least in America where greed is what's valued but anyway that was last chapter we're going to pick up today and um, you can read more if, you can read it with me if you want if you want to check it out before it's gone on Twitch and um, until I can post it on huh, T-Girl. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 15 if you want to read along with me. Um, here we go. Uh, then, sorry, cotton mouth already. All right. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, Okay, so just to set, so you have an idea what's going on here. You, um, Jesus is sitting down to a feast Because you know he just went over about feasting And giving a dinner and all that And he noted how people were when it comes to that sort of thing So now he's here at a feast And he's noticing how people are And you notice how the religious people is That's who the Pharisees and scribes are If you want to think of them in modern terms The Pharisees would be the religious authorities The scribes would be the media The people who go around and document it Although they're documenting it for their Religious organization they're following Jesus around, basically, and documenting his teachings, his miracles, but they still don't believe. But that's who they are, in case you don't know. Um, what man of you... So Jesus is answering them with a question. Answering a question with a question. What man of you having a hundred sheep? If he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. So he says he gives them an example of what, what would you do if you had say a farm and a lot of cattle if one of them goes missing you don't just say oh well you go after the one that's missing and rescue it Most not, nowadays it would be because of the money but ideally it would be because you care about the animal um, And um, but either way you go after it you don't just let the profits fall away and when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing so he says you don't just leave, lose the treasure you go looking for it especially if it's an investment And when you find it, if it turns out to be a good one, like if you find your lost sheep, then you rejoice about that. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I found my sheep, which was lost. So once you do find that... uh, in the parable, if you lose something valuable to you and you find it again, whether it be a sheep you're invested in, whether it be money, he's going to go through a few different parables to, to sort of make help us to understand what it is like when we're trying to seek the kingdom and salvation. And um, he's saying when you do find it, you rejoice about it because you thought that it was a lost cause. And when he comes home, he calls together. Oh, sorry. Uh, I say to you, Wait, did I skip one? And when he's found that he, oh, okay, rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. So Jesus is letting us know that just like when we lose something valuable to us and when we find it again, we're excited about it and rejoice over it and are glad. He's saying it's the exact same way when someone who God has created, who may have strayed away, finds their way back to the reality of seeking salvation. He says in the same way, there's rejoicing in heaven when um, someone returns and finds themselves and um, and um, gets back on the good foot, basically. And he's saying, and that's, and that's more rejoicing over that because that person was lost. Compared to the person who feels like, oh, I'm self-righteous, I already got it made, don't worry about me, I'm on the right track, that sort of thing, that sort of attitude. It's more joy over the one that was lost than those who are confident in the fact that they already know where they're at. Or, what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search diligently until she finds it? So, he's giving us another analogy here of someone who's lost a coin. And in this case, he's talking about a woman who lost a coin, and it's sort of like a garland that you wear around your head of like 10 coins. Like you could imagine, if you've seen like movies, like set in the Middle East, of sort of like belly dancers, that sort of thing, they'll have the coins around their head and then be draped in all sorts of fancy stuff. It's that sort of thing if you want to picture it like that. If you lose one of the coins from that, um, from that um, headdress. And when she's found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying rejoice with me for I found the piece which I lost. So you can imagine if you lost some jewelry or anything valuable to you, if you find it again, you're going to be glad about it and ask those who you believe care about you and love you to rejoice with you. Um, because you found it. Likewise, they say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So Jesus is saying again, it's the same way among the angels. There's the same sort of celebration among them. When someone who was lost finds themselves again and realizes where the treasure really is and gets back to where they belong. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said his father... Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. So you could think about this like um, an inheritance, only it's very, it's um, like last 10, 20 years now, um, there have been rulings in courts in America that if you're wealthy enough like that, if you have an inheritance coming to you, you don't have to wait till your parent dies to get it, or your guardian, or whoever it is that's giving the, leaving the money or whatever it is to you. You don't have to wait for that anymore. Now you can actually sue to get a hold of that. Even though it's not yours. It's not technically technically yours till that person gives it to you. But because the person already legally has structured it to be given to you. Um, there's a loophole there where you're able to get your hands on it if you want to. Um, so it's similar. That's what's happening here. There's someone who knows his father has a lot of money. And that some of it's going to come to him when his dad croaks. So he figures... Give it to me now. Why should I have to wait till you die so you get to enjoy the money? Probably telling him something like, Don't you want to see me enjoy the money while you're alive or something like that? And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with, <clears throat> excuse me, um, prodigal living. So, um, clearly, the daddy gave him what he wanted. He gave him the inheritance or whatever money that was going to fall to him, as he put it. And he went in and blew it. He took it and started spending it. And it says that he, um, when they say prodigal living, basically carefree, big balling, shot callings and blowing money, making it rain wherever he wanted to. It's easier to do when you haven't been the one to work for that money or had to earn that money or to break your neck to try to get the money or dodge bullets to get the money. When someone just gives it to you, you appreciate it less. I remember that from Victor Newman on The Young and Restless. When you give away things for free, people start to doubt the value of them. And similarly, if you're giving your kids whatever it is they want, stuff you've worked for and they feel like they're entitled to it, which apparently now the law says they are, Then don't be surprised if they don't appreciate it. And it's the same thing here, where as soon as he got it, he's gone and he's blowing the money. Excuse me. And it is just money. It's not like you can take it with you. So why not leave something to not just your kids, but like he just said before when you do your giving, when you do your feasting, when you do your holidaying, when you do your charity, make sure it's to the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, the outcast, the marginalized. Not just surrounding yourselves with people who can repay you back. The generosity you've shown them. That's your repayment right there, is what he went over in the last chapter. But if you want to be repaid in the divine sense, in the hereafter sense, by God's sense, in that way, in that sense, then you have to make your charity, charity extend to even the anonymous. People you don't know. And even make your giving anonymous so that they don't know you're the one who did it. So that they aren't they don't feel indebted to you to repay you for it because a thank you should be enough if they even give you that you shouldn't even look for that necessarily from them it's nice, it'd be great if they do but uh, look for your uh, the return on your investment in charity and giving from above, not from people excuse me <clears throat> but when he had spent all there arose a severe fear, famine in the land he began to be in want, so he blew through the money, and now there's a famine. So it's just like people who are living large being quite comfortable just before the Great Depression, and then it hits, and then a lot of them start killing themselves because they don't have it anymore. And just like now with the coronavirus, and then it hit, and a lot of people lose their jobs, losing their livelihoods. A lot of people in the next month or two are probably going to lose their the very homes and the clothes on their backs, um, but, um, and will probably kill themselves as well. Um, it changed just that quickly. So same thing with him. He was comfortable, had money that wasn't, um, that, um, that it was given to him that he felt entitled to just like this generation. A lot of people is these days feel entitled to everything. And then when it's gone, um, desperate times kick in. So how does he deal with his desperation? Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. So when it says join himself, it doesn't, it's not really clear if he's talking about like a marriage, a partnership or what he's just joined himself to him. It's, um, I don't know. Could be like sharecropping, that sort of situation. Whatever the case is, he's out feeding the pigs. And if there's uh, one thing you know, it's in the the Hebrew religion and in the Muslim religion, actually. You're not allowed to even have anything to do with pigs and swine, eating it, touching it, none of that. Uh, processing it, any of that under their rules. So here you see here, he's doing something that is most likely against his whole belief system. But because he needs to survive, it gives you an analogy of what people will be willing to do when desperate times kick in. They'll do whatever it takes to feed themselves and whatever it takes to survive. and that's what he's doing. That's the point he's reached after just after being rich after being having a windfall of money that you know he felt entitled to, but wasn't necessarily even his um, but that's what's happened and he would gladly have filled his pods he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pots which the, that the swine ate and no one gave him anything so he's so desperate he's such at a, such a low moment in his life that he happily eat the slop that the pigs are eating um And no one gave him anything. So let lets you know, he couldn't even do that because the slop wasn't his to eat. It was for the pigs. And so no one gave him anything. So he was struggling and desperate. And it's just like how people are nowadays. You can look at the analogies. Nothing about it is actually new. Um, But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare And I'm not going to read the next part, but you can see what he's saying there. I won't read it because, like I've said before, there's power in your words. And I certainly wouldn't want to say these words and call that on myself. Um, But just so you see, that's where he's at. He's perishing with hunger. And he's noticing it that, wait a minute, something's not right. He's like, where he came from, where his father was, his servants have plenty of food and they're not starving and they have enough to spare. And he's like, and he's sitting around there feeding pigs and um starving so he's like he's adding it all up in his head and realizing okay maybe i made a mistake um i will arise and go to my father and will say to him father i have sinned against heaven and before you so he's saying jesus is saying the person has gotten to the point the son here the prodigal son has gotten to the point where where he's realized the error of his ways he's Made his mistakes. He's lived his life recklessly. And then he's realized that's not the way to go. That's the path to destruction. And he had a a change of heart. And he did what Jesus keeps telling us to do. One of the very first things he tells us to do um, is to repent and believe in the gospel. That's like the very first chapter of the book of Mark where he tells us when he begins his ministry, repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent as in forgive, uh, ask forgiveness. Recognize you did wrong. Acknowledge it. Ask forgiveness for whether it be against another person, against God, because if it's against another person, it's against God also, because you're supposed to love your neighbor. But sometimes you do things against God that aren't against other people or against yourself even that you need to forgive yourself for. But whatever the case may be, you have to do that in order to get that, make that process work. Otherwise, there's issues. So anyway, he's come to himself and he says, "I'm gonna go back home because I know I can do better there." And I and I'm no longer worthy to be called, and he says there he's no longer worthy. To call his son to be called his son because he feels like he's messed up so badly. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he's at the point now where he realizes that okay he messed up and it he felt entitled before and got all that money and blew through it. So it would kind of be. Uh, Asking a lot to go back and be like, look, I'm your son. Let me back and hook me up again with everything I had before and set me up an entitlement again. But he's he's saying what he would do, though, is just go back and be willing to just work for his daddy because he knows at least with working for his daddy, he'll get a fair shake and prop and most likely get favored favors here and there that he wouldn't get anywhere else are like our president gets hundreds of millions of dollars from his dad to start businesses even though he has bankruptcy after bankruptcy after bankruptcy people still look at him as a successful businessman and he's made it to the oval office and his president and still has tens of millions of people willing to vote for him again even though their jobs are gone their food is not there uh the economy is gone and there's a virus lurking around it's been responded to very sloppily in this country. That's supposed to be the best. The excellence and all of that stuff. Nonsense. Because you see other countries. That don't have near the budget America has. Got it under control. And people aren't dropping dead like they are here. That points to mismanagement. And that starts at the top. Um, so anyway. Um, so the son's come to himself. He's going back to his dad. And he's like look just make hire me. Uh, hire me to work on your in your fields. And that'll be enough. And um and that'll be good enough for him he'd be willing to accept that so he sort of humbled himself he stepped down from his entitled position and knows now that he's kind of wretched and needs to go and humble himself and expect and hope for some uh charity some compassion from his dad and the son said to him uh oh sorry um so first the son is repentant saying he sinned and he's sorry and and he realizes he's basically lost his place. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. So this is what the response that a good parent um, generally would give. They don't, they forgive the craziness and uh, terrible things that their children do. Uh, my parents certainly have forgiven all kinds of crazy things that I'm sure they never expected. To come along when they had a son, but uh, they're they're there, and that's what parents do—the good ones. So um, the father here doesn't even uh, dwell on the fact that the son he gave all that money to has blown it. He doesn't um, doesn't uh, focus on that at all. Instead, he embraces his kid, welcomes him back, and tells them dress him back up again, restore him to where he was, um, basically forget all about what happened to you, and takes him back in. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it Let us eat and be merry So the uh, father is uh, Happy that his son is back And he's throwing a party And you know calf is just a baby cow He's willing to even slaughter the animals And throw a party For this my son was dead and is alive again He was lost and is found And they began to be merry So um, the daddy is so happy that his son is back He's throwing a party And everyone's rejoicing With them but remember, there's another son. Um, there was the younger son, who ran off with the money. And now here, let's see how the older son responds to all this. Now, his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. So now the old, older son is back. Um, from working still. Because you see where the older son is. He's still unfaithful. Still working for his dad all his time. Still doing his part in the family business. If you want to think about it that way. So he's come back and he realizes. Why are they throwing a party while I'm working. And he said to him. Your brother is coming because he's received. Him safe and sound. Your father's killed the fatty calf. So now the other brother. Who's been faithful and stayed there. Working the whole time. Staying in the field. Um with his dad and didn't leave him didn't just go blow the money stayed there with the business he's found out okay the one who did take the money around has come back and instead of being chastised about it not realizing that life itself has chastised him with him living out in the working out the pigs and starving all he sees is that he's back again with his hand out and just like that his dad's taking him back in again and taking care of him and um So let's see how he reacts to that. He's probably not going to be pleased. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, he came out. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So you see how the other son reacted and it's very human. It's understandable. He's probably a little jealous and a little angry that I've been here working. This one's ran off and blown the money and now he's back to blow some more money. And instead of getting them together over it. You're giving, wasting more money throwing a party for him as if he's some hero when all he's done was be a bum. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo these' "Many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make marry with my friends." So the older son is like adding it all, adding it all up, and he's like, "Look, I've been here." Blood, sweat, and tears for the family business all this time, and you never throw me apart. You never give him a, a young goat, which is worth less than a young calf, because goat smaller than a cow, the meat's it'd probably be less. So he's saying you didn't even do the little bit for me, but you're doing doing it big for him, who's blown your money. And so he just doesn't understand. Um, let's see. Um, but as soon as the son of yours came. Has devoured your livelihood with harlots. You killed the fatted calf for him. So the brother here is saying, he's been out blowing your money on hoes, spending his, spending the money you worked hard for that should have been here with the family business. You've been blowing, it, living in the streets and blowing it on women and partying it up. And then you come back and you get another party. So he's like, I don't understand. He's not pleased with it. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. So the father is like trying to help the other son who's been faithful and stayed there the whole time to understand. He's like, everything that I have, the whole farm, the business, the family business is yours. And it is. But um, so he's letting him know he's leaving it to him. He's the older son, which, you know, by many. It's pretty standard for the oldest child Especially if it's a male To inherit the business or whatever Or at least the lion's share of it Or control of it So if you want to think about it that way The older son knows that he's going to get The lion's share of what's going on Once the uh, father dies So uh, So he says It was right that we should make Mary and be glad For your brother was dead and is alive again And Was lost And is found so, um, he's like, the whole family business is going to be yours, and you know that. You know you're valuable. You know your place. So, um, don't worry about that. You can have access to anything. He's like, but your brother was gone, didn't know what was going to happen to him. He was dead forever, as far as they knew, because he took the money and ran. But now that he's back, he's like, it's it's enough that he's back. Whether No matter what he did while he was gone, it's enough that he's back because... He's back. <laughs> that's reason enough to celebrate. And he's saying it's the same way. When people lose themselves to the world. And then realize. And I've been, here my, been there myself. Realize that that's the wrong way to go. You're on the wrong path. And decide to get back on the good foot. On the right path. Jesus is saying it's the exact same way. When Christians find themselves again. And decide to stop being lost. Like the sheep. So anyway that actually ends this reading. I'm going to end this one. And we're going to pick up. With the book of John and the same chapter next, but I'm gonna, as always, end it here for indexing. I appreciate you joining me and hope you'll join me again, or at least check it out again. Um, we have our Saturday nights just after midnight where we do our grab bag. We're in the Acts of Pilate, uh, one of the gospels that, one of the books that didn't make it into the Bible, that basically over the trial of Jesus with witnesses and everything that for whatever reason weren't included in the Bible. That's Saturday nights after midnight, early Sunday mornings. And then we have our Matt and Mark Mondays where we go over those Gospels. And, of course, it's Wednesday, our John Luke Wednesdays, where we go over those Gospels. Um, So, I appreciate you checking them out. And I hope you'll stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask, love your neighbor. And God bless you. Thanks again. Peace.